You are listening to the Julie Parker Practice Success Podcast, where you discover management insights and strategies for your successful dental practice. There are also interviews with key people in the industry who have advice and services to help you and your team achieve great success. Hi there, everybody. The focus of today's conversation is around a topic that comes up again and again. I do find myself repeating this story because I think it can really help provide a useful step that is sometimes forgotten, sometimes delayed when we are in the process of recruiting fantastic people to come and work for us. Quite often I have people saying to me, that we can't achieve that next level of success, which could be a better level of customer service that we offer our patients or a better team culture that we want to foster here at this particular practice. We can't get there or start working on that stuff with this existing team. We have to get the right people in place so we are successful in our endeavors to improve in whatever particular area we want to improve in. And I get that concept. However, if you continue waiting for the ideal people to come on board before you can start taking really strong action in these areas, those people will come on board who are capable of helping you with that. And because they have entered an environment that is not suited to them, they will jump out and leave straight away and go continue their search for the ideal practice for them. And so it's very important that we lay the foundations for attracting and then keeping these terrific employees. So we think the team members have to come first before we make changes or start creating the goals that we have for the practice, where in fact that we need to start creating that foundation first before we start recruiting these wonderful team members. And it always reminds me of the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great. In that book, and many of you may have heard this before, you've got to make sure you get the right people on your bus and put them in the right seats on the bus. And I say you have to look at the bus first. (laughs) You have to make sure the bus itself is the kind of bus that these great people want to get on board for and hang around because this bus suits them so beautifully. So imagine this situation, and it may be a situation that many of you do resonate with. You have a dental practice. It is failing (laughs) to operate to the level of your expectations and desires. You have seen this dynamic happening for the last few months, possibly years, and it has caused great frustration for you. What you do have is a very clear picture of how you see it can work beautifully, how the team interact with each other, the kind of patient experience that collectively you all deliver your market. The systems that are in place, the efficiency, the productivity, you can see it all. However, you are frustrated with the current team members and how they are, in your eyes, underperforming in that space. Then... Someone leaves, a key position in your practice opens up and you start the recruitment process with great optimism. Which superstar can we attract into the practice now that can really help us shift and change things? So you get a clear picture of who you want to bring into the practice. 
Your job advert describes all the skills and characteristics of that ideal person that you need. During the interviews with all the candidates that start coming through, you describe your vision for the future. The candidate becomes excited. They are excited by the prospect of joining you in your endeavor to make this wonderful dream, this wonderful vision a reality. You hire them. You're optimistic, they're optimistic, and we're waiting for magic to happen. But what does happen? Sometimes not magic, but what always does happen is reality. Despite being assured during the interview process that changes will be made, a plan of action will be developed, there will be immediate progress. The candidate, their experience within your practice, nothing is happening actually at all. Everyone's gone back into normal routine. This potentially winning candidate sadly realizes over their initial days and weeks of employment with your practice that you may be all talk and no action and working with so many practices as an employee and as a consultant over the years I can tell you that there is a theme and it's probably in every industry that there is a lot of talk and no action out there when you are applying for jobs. And I would imagine that employers feel the same way about in candidates, that they're all talk and then they come on board and they haven't got the performance level that they indicated they did in the employment process. And so there is suspicion on both sides there. And I think it's during this employment process in their initial days and weeks of employment, we really are looking for desperately seeking the evidence that things are going to work out as we hope, but often identifying areas that and evidence that indicates that possibly it won't work out as well as we had all discussed in the interview process. So this candidate who has been given a clear message of what the practice is right now, where you're moving towards. If they don't get evidence of that movement when they first start working, they will often choose to not waste, in inverted commas, waste any more of their own time and they'll move on somewhere else. They've had experiences before where change can be very, very slow and what they want right now at this point in their career is to be able to step into a team that is about action, that is about growth, that is about realizing the vision of the practice itself. And so if you don't create the bus that these wonderful candidates that you've got in your mind that you think would work so beautifully well in your practice, if you don't create the bus that's appealing to them, you might create it appealing enough for them to get on board straight away. But is it going to be the bus that they want to stick around for and continue on the journey with you? Think about when you're selling a house. When you're selling a house, you don't just all of a sudden have an, have an open for inspection. What you do, first of all, is you touch up paint, you clear things away, you stage the rooms of the house with new furniture sometimes, you take steps in the garden to make sure it looks all under control and pretty, that the facade of the building looks very attractive as well. You are dressing up your bus. So when people come through, they're getting the best possible impression of your house. Now, when in a real estate situation, when that potential buyer buys the house, 
it's up to them then to create the experience of the house thereafter. That's all on them. That's their responsibility. You're not there anymore. However, when you've got a dental practice and you have printed it up in terms of how you've described working at this particular practice will be like for this candidate, depending on how much you pretty it up, it is your responsibility to make sure that's the experience that they have when they come on board. Otherwise, they see it just as surface level stuff. But when we get there and we're functioning within that practice all the time, it is nothing like what was described to them or promised to them in the interview process. Another example to illustrate what I'm talking about <laughs> is when you're out there trying to find love. Some of us may have friends or connections that opine the fact that they can't actually find love. All the partners I get, they've got all the same bad characteristics. They know what type of partner they want. I want someone loving, caring, generous, giving, loyal, funny, humorous, interesting. This is the type of person that I want. And then they go out, they try to find it. Partners come on board and then leave straight away and they are left thinking, gosh, maybe love's not for me. There's nobody good out there. Everyone's filled with promise. <laughs> they can't, don't come through with the goods. Well, let's have a think about that potential loving partner who's funny, great personality, humorous, friendly, ambitious, loyal, all these wonderful characteristics. Let's have a think about it from their perspective. What kind of partner is that person seeking? Probably somebody just the same. And unless the opining single person isn't reflecting on the kind of person they bring to the party, that they bring to the relationship and have a think about what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, and, doing everything, and do everything they can to make sure their strengths are consistent and growing and that their weaknesses are being managed appropriately. Maybe it's that opining single person who is not creating the environment for this wonderful personality type to be able to thrive in and see a future in. And so the same is true for your dental practice. Have a think who is our ideal candidate? Get really, really specific about it. And then think to yourself, now that person, not me, not the people that I've currently got around me, but that person, what kind of working environment do they need? Not just be, to be appealed to at the start, but once they're on board with your team, you are providing evidence on a daily basis of the kind of working environment that this person's going to be experiencing and it's one that they actually want. What we're trying to avoid here with this discussion is to make sure we are not just prettying up the facade of our bus to attract the great passenger to jump on board. But once they're on board, they look inside the bus and it looks nothing like the outside of the bus. And the inside of the bus turns them off and so at the very next stop they're the first ones to jump off again. We want to attract the best people but we also want to keep the great people and the way we attract and keep great people is to become a great practice before we even start speaking with them. 
It is possible to have these people come on board to help you get there. But it has been my experience that once that person is within the team, all of a sudden progress in terms of shifting to a more positive team culture, shifting to a more positive patient experience that you're delivering, shifting to that, going down that path to that vision, that all of that progress starts to have its brakes put on and it becomes delayed and spasmodic in action. So what are some clear action steps that we can take? The very first thing that I encourage you to do is to think about the vision you have for your dental practice. Think about five, ten years down the track and become really specific about what you want for that practice because you're not going to be able to identify who the ideal team members are going to be if you don't have your vision. If your vision is focused around targets and and productivity and profit, then you are going to need a different mindset of employees than if your target was all about making a difference to the community that you're in to provide oral health care to people even if they can't afford it. And so you do need to identify your vision first to effectively identify the people that you need to help achieve that vision. Otherwise, you may end up with a team of people who are resistant to your goals because they had a different picture of what success looked like in their mind. So have a think about what are the services that you're going to be offering five, ten years, even beyond down the track. What patient experience do you think would be well suited to your patient base? How are your team members interacting? What kind of culture do they have? Not just in good times, but in bad times. How does your team manage conflict? How does your team manage disappointment? How does your team also manage celebration and successes? What kind of systems are in place? What's everyday life like at the dental practice? Now, the vision of a practice rests solely on the owner's shoulders, whereas a team culture can be developed as a team. Goals can be developed as a team. The purpose of your particular practice, your unique practice, can be developed as a team. The vision is different. The vision is a far-off goal that you are aspiring to achieve that requires the owner to fund it and hang around for it to make sure that it does come to fruition. And the only person that can do that is the owner. But become very specific about what that picture looks like. Take time to contemplate over this series of days and weeks. Get very clear around that. And then think to yourself, given that that's the vision, given that that's the bus, what people do I need as part of my team? What are their skill sets? What are their characteristics? What is required of my team members so that vision can become a reality? And Always do recognize that vision in our business life, just like the visions that we have for our own personal lives, it evolves and changes over time. But just identify at this stage of your career what that vision for your practice will be like. Once you've identified the vision and considered what characteristics, strengths, skills, etc., the team members are required 
to have in order to achieve that vision, now's your chance to start recognising those unique people with those unique skills and characteristics. What working environment would they love? And you can speak to your existing team members about what they love about working at your practice and what they think could be improved. You can go into Facebook forums and ask the question, if I was looking for a person that fits this criteria, if you are out there, what do you love about working in the practice that you're currently working in? What would you love in your ideal practice, your ideal employment? Where What would they be exhibiting in that practice? Find out what people absolutely desire and then start creating that within your practice. Sometimes with some practices that I've worked with, sometimes it's as simple as making sure that all the staff and amenities are sorted. You've got the coffee machine, you've got some snacks, you've got a fruit bowl, you've got comfortable seating somewhere for people to lock away their valuables. It's a comfortable, nice environment, just like our homes. We want a comfortable, nice environment to be in. With my research over the years of what people do, top performing people do like about particular working environments, what they are seeking are things like autonomy. They want to be able to direct their own behavior, not have someone sit on their shoulder and tell them every little thing to do all the time. They don't want to be micromanaged. They don't want to be working for someone who is a control freak. They don't want to be working for somebody who says you have to do all the systems exactly the way I tell you to do them and you can't have any creative thought around that. They want to be able to direct their own behavior. We all do. So autonomy is a big thing. And when you're talking about high-performing people, we're talking about people who have already developed experience in the industry in their roles. They already know how to do their stuff. And quite possibly, they've worked at different practices and come up with their own ideas about the best way, the most efficient, the most productive, the least, less stressful way of getting that particular thing rolled out. So let them do it. People also want mastery. This is one of our key drivers. These top three things that I'm mentioning now are the three drivers of our human behavior as noted by Daniel Pink in his book, Drive. We all want autonomy, mastery, and purpose. We want mastery. We want to become better at what we do. And so provide training, resources, support so people can be on that constant and never-ending improvement journey. People want purpose. We want to all be working towards the greater good, something bigger than just ourselves. So develop a strong, compelling purpose of your practice. They want a really functional team culture. They want to work in a team who care about one another, who are friendly, have a light-hearted, optimistic view of the day, even when things don't go according to plan, which seems to be most days in dental practices. A culture where people support each other, help each other out. They want to be in an environment where there is trust. They want to be able to trust in the leadership, that the leadership are doing everything they can to create as best an environment as possible for team members and for patients. They want to be able to trust that the leadership has their interests at heart so they don't have to look out for their own back, cover their own back all the time. And they want to feel 
that they are trusted by the leaders of the organisation, that they're going to do their job well. Sometimes they do want flexible working hours, such as four-day weeks or being able to have a sharp cut-off time so they can go pick their children up from childcare at the end of the day. Maybe they want an additional one or two weeks off, you know, unpaid, but the opportunity to have an extra one or two weeks off per year as well. So flexibility with work hours can sometimes be a very compelling factor for some great performers out there. And people want a great boss. This is a big one. They want a boss that shows appreciation for job well done. They want a boss who they can go to with something private and know that it's going to be a confidential conversation and be respected and honoured as such. They want to be working for a boss who has realistic expectations of them. This is a classic, you know, the amount of teams I've worked with where the bosses have quite unrealistic expectations on their team members. And so these team members, the poor things, they can never achieve success. And so that becomes a frustration for them. They want a boss who's likable, friendly, has a level of self-awareness about themselves, is on a constant never-ending improvement journey themselves, both personally and as a leader. A can-do kind of person that when problems are identified in the operation of the practice, that they embrace it as an opportunity to improve rather than opine the fact that that is yet another problem that I have to deal with that they are a positive action taker rather than finding everything a burden. It's important to really think outside our current box because our current box, which is our current experience, can create a situation where we are not realising how good things can be because we are limiting ourselves to what we've experienced to date. But blow the lid off that box and just start thinking in an ideal world, not on, not in my practice, not with my team members, but in an ideal world and not with me at my current level of awareness. Imagine if I was absolutely a superstar in this space. What can be created? What is actually possible? And then start putting systems in place that that is what we're currently doing now. So if we're currently doing it now, what does the operation of our day look like? What is the way that I communicate with my team? What does that look like? What is the patient experience that we're delivering? What does that look like? And to start one action at a time, putting all these things in place. And then you will create the environment. You will be creating the bus, both external facade and internal workings of the bus you'll be creating something that top performers will be one attracted to excited by but then when they're on your bus they will want to stay there for good it comes back to that wonderful line from that wonderful movie field of dreams if you build it they will come if you build it effectively they will come and stay Have a fantastic day. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast, then you should come along and join the club. The club is a whole library of lunch and learns with new lunch and learns being produced all the time that help your dental team gain greater success in your systems, in your team behaviors, in your patient management, in your patient engagement, in their treatment plans. 
They are usually around half an hour in length. And so team members can sit down, be paid for their lunch break, eat lunch while they're being inspired and delivered all of these insights and strategies that can be implemented so you all achieve greater levels of success. Also, Amina and I, my buddy from Dental Management Expertise, have a company, Dental Business Mastery, together. And our flagship online one-year course for dental practice managers and dental practice owners to learn how to very successfully manage your dental practice is available. Head over to dentalbusinessmastery.com.au to find out more information and has information about any other courses that we've got available. Also, make sure you do jump onto my website, julieparkerpracticesuccess.com.au, and you will see a whole load of free information. There are articles, the blog, downloads, templates, a whole load of things that are designed to help you overcome any specific challenge that you've got going on in your practice at the moment. If you have any suggestions of topics or guests that I can have on the podcast, please let me know. Thanks for listening.